This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with dancer, actor, Derek Huff. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, Derek Huff, whose fame is a six-time Mirrorball Trophy winner on Dancing with the Stars and who has a new residency show in Las Vegas, shares his life and climb to the top of his profession, giving us an inside glimpse of how the judging system in dance actually inspires us to become the very best versions of ourselves. Brother, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, brother. That was a, that was an amazing introduction. I, I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> you're so amazing. You, Every brother. time I've been around you, even on a New Year's Eve party, of course you're going to be the consummate <laughs> fireworks master and put on a, a stadium-type fireworks show that illuminated the sky for miles and miles, maybe states. <laughs> you're amazing. Oh, man, so I, I, I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate it. Everything you do is over the top everything you do (laughs) reminds us to think bigger to play bigger and to live bigger and so let's just get right into some questions that i think every listener would want to know how and when did you first identify your passion well to, to to answer your first thing you know for me i uh if it's, if, it's, if it's anything worth doing, it's worth overdoing, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, for me, for me, my passion for dance, it's interesting when people talk about passion, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think that sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know what my passion is. And so for me, another word for passion is just energy. You know what I mean? It's like, what gives me energy? What, what, you know, um, and so being a kid growing up, you know, I had, a, I had lots of energy. My mom, in fact, you know, my bishop actually told my mom, she said, um, he told her, uh, your job is to keep this kid alive because I was just bouncing off the walls, you know, all over the place. And, and actually, I think, you know, just to go back right before the right to the beginning, um, which is somewhere I need to kind of thank my mother for, because I had such a you know, sporadic focus. I was always, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm running around and, you know, I, doctors and, you know, people and teachers would say, you know, you need to put this kid on something you need to put him on Ritalin or, or something to sort of, you know, focus him and to calm his energy down or to mute his energy. And my mom, you know, she was, you know, way ahead of her time and she was very much into, um, you know, just holistic approaches and, you know, we didn't have sugar in the house. We didn't have, uh, you know, sugar cereals or sodas or anything like that in the house. But what she did is instead of mute my energy, she just, she focused my energy. She, she put me in karate lessons. She put me in drum lessons. She put me in art lessons. She put me in swim lessons. I was always doing something where I was learning, where I was growing. And even though there'd be times when, I'd be playing baseball on the side of the yard at my friend's house and my mom would say, Hey, it's time to go to karate. And I would, you know, be like, no, 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 I don't want to go. You know, she would make me go. And then, and then after I do my karate class, I come home and I'm like, Hey, thanks mom. Thanks for making me go. Cause I really love that. <laughs> and, um, so for me, I just think that I just, from the beginning, I just appreciate my mother for, um, you know, not muting my energy, but focusing my energy, um, 
which is what I attribute a lot of my sort of interests in a lot of things. I'm, I'm always so fascinated and curious to learn or to grow in, in many different areas. Um, but my love of dance came, you know, I was in the parking lot. My, all my sisters danced, and my, uh, I would just sit in the parking lot, you know, waiting for them to finish their classes. And my mom was like, you know, why don't you go in there? And, and she pretty much dragged me in there, you know. I was kicking and screaming and being like, no, this is for girls. And, and no, no, I don't want to do this. And, and uh, I walked in the class, and I saw a lot of girls in there. And I was like, oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um you know i started dancing and i and i you know I, immediately i wasn't too sure about it you know but the one thing i did like about it was the just being around a lot of people and the music the music really like you know it really hit me and affected me and um i had a really great coach a really great teacher his name was rick robinson and he just made it cool for me he just really like was really encouraging he um he just was a great guy who for me I would I would want to be around this guy you know he just was really motivating and inspiring and um even at a young age I just felt that presence and so for me it was just uh I just I loved the dancing I loved the camaraderie I loved the social aspect of, of being around people and um and also just that feeling of achievement even at a young age where you feel like you know I I learned something today. I accomplished something today. And then, you know, dancing eventually took me around, you know, the country. And then eventually it took me around the world. And, um, you know, because of dance, I've, I've had just so many opportunities that I just am, I'm just so thankful for. And, uh, but again, I think that the word passion, another word I use for passion is, is just energy. You know, it's like, sometimes I think we think about like, you know, what is my passion? That's the question that we often ask ourselves because sometimes, you know, it's, it's a little unclear. And so I think another word is just what gives me energy? What am I motivated about? What, what inspires me? You know, it could be working with animals. It could be, you know, working with people. It could be, you know, art. It could be anything, anything that kind of gives you feel that energy. I think that that, that is a, a seed of passion. Yeah, that's, that, that's so awesome. Yeah. Also, I, let me just add one more thing too, actually, to that. I just, because I think that, you know, talk, talking about passion as well, you know, I think when uh, people say, you know, is dance your passion? I said, for me, it's actually dance is more of a vehicle for my passion, which is what I mean by that is that my passion really is working with people. My passion is being creative. My passion is, you know, um, uh, you know, just being being moving my body, you know, staying active Um you know, so those are those are my passions. You know, I, there's there's more of those, but what happens is that dance is a vehicle that meets a lot of those needs, a lot a lot of those things that I'm passionate about. But many other things also meet those um, as well. You know, being, um, you know, working for charitable charitable causes. You know, working with people. You know, fitness, being in the gym, working out. You know, that's one of my passions. It's so really, it's about. It's not necessarily the the the. Uh, you know, dance itself, even though I am very passionate about it, but it's actually, it's what my real passions, which are, you know, working with people, being creative, um, you know, uh, staying active with my body, you know, music, uh, all those things. And what that does is it sort of meets, it meets those passions. And that's what dance does for me, for sure. 
you know, it's so interesting to me because, you know, my whole family, you know how we are. We're big fans of, of you, but we're fans of Dancing with the Stars. And as the only six-time uh, Mirrorball champion, your partners on Dancing with the Stars have included Brooke Burke, Jenny Garth, Ricky Lake, Maria Menu, uh, Menounos. Menounos. I, uh-huh. I always, yeah, I always grew up rough. Um, <laughs> Nicole and Jennifer Gray, Kelly Pickler, Amber Riley, Amy Purdy, Bindi Irwin. That was a, a great season. I mean, you're friends with race car champions, and the list goes on and on. And when I've had a chance to interview some of these folks, Derek, they always bring you up as an inspiration in their life because you live life larger and on the edge. You know, I suppose these aren't your exact words, but I would suppose that you would say, if you don't live on the edge, you're taking up way too much space. So I want you to talk about the second P that makes you and everyone else that is a power player a power player. And that's obviously preparation. Tell me about who in your life inspired you to prepare. And let's talk a little bit about your preparation. When you see your live dance show, you are on stage almost 100% of the time dancing at the highest level and you never start, start to breathe heavily you never look fatigued, and I don't know what day show in your national tour I saw you, but <laughs> you have never fatigued. Let's talk about mental preparation, emotional preparation, obviously physical preparation. But let's start with who inspired you to learn to, to, to push yourself to this ultimate capacity and potential as a human being that inspires every other superstar with whom you come in contact well, I think to, to add, you know, for preparation, I think that that's just the thing, too. You know, I think often, you know, we, we are prepared, but sometimes we don't have the opportunities. Or sometimes, often, we have the opportunities, but we're not prepared. So it's really when preparation meets opportunity. And I feel like, I feel like that, you know, my ballroom dancing sort of, you know, background, my ballroom competitive world, where I would compete every week, train nonstop all week, especially on the weekends, and then compete every single Sunday – that was a real sort of a time in my life where it was all about preparation. It was all about practice. You know, um, you know, there's a great expression that we are rewarded in public for what we do in practice and, pri- and what, for what we mm-hmm. do in, in private, you know, and it's in those private moments. It's in those practices that where all the work is done. And, and um, for me, I think that it's part of that preparation and what, you know, my teachers, my coaches, you know, um, they instilled that within me. Um, and I, a lot of it, too, was a little bit of fear, to be honest with you, because there'd be times when I wasn't prepared and I'd be in the middle of the competition floor and I didn't feel like my stamina was where it should have been or I felt like my, my technique wasn't as good as it should have been. And it's just it's an awful feeling when you feel exposed like that and you don't feel prepared. And I think that experiencing those moments, you realize, like, I don't ever want to feel that way ever again. I want to make sure that I am fully prepared. I am fully ready before I go out there and be in this incredibly, you know, vulnerable position where you are literally being judged. You are literally being picked apart. And for me, that uh, experiencing that and also too, just vocally singing, you know, I, when I did the West End and I did eight shows a week. 
and I had to sing and dance my butt off the every West, single night. The West End, that's when you were in Footloose, right? Yes, and that's the that's like the Broadway of London, and um, yeah, absolutely. There'd be times when my voice would cut out, and I couldn't get I couldn't even get a note out. My I lose my voice halfway through the show, and there's a lot of fear in that because there's thousands of people watching you, and so you know it made me go, okay, I want to make sure I'm prepared. I have the right tools. I have the right knowledge. I I am I am I'm ready, and I think, and also it's kind of funny as well because you know I. I did Boy Scouts as a kid, and one of the one of the uh, the mottos is "Be prepared," right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, so yeah, so for me, it's the preparation, and that's where it's all that's where it all is is made. And and for my tours, you know, again, that was, uh, you know, I have to be smart about the way I I craft my shows because I want to make sure that I'm on stage, you know, for you know the majority of the time. Um, but I have to be smart about when I take breaks, when I, you know, get drinks of water, when I, you know, uh, have my little bre- uh, moments to breathe. Um, and a lot of times I actually choreograph those moments within the piece, um, but also just being smart the way I sort of craft together a show to where the energy continues moving forward and moving, you know, at a fast pace and um, but not tiring out and not and making it so I can do the show the next day in a different city. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, the preparation—it's all—it's all in the preparation, you know, and and also not just physically, and strategically, but also, you know, like you said too, but mentally and emotionally. Um, and I think that that yeah. Comes let me. From... Let, yes. Let me let me interrupt to ask you the specific question so you can yeah. continue on. So, you know, you got millions of people judging you, watching you on TV. You got a live audience. You know, you've graciously allowed me to come and sit in the audience behind the judges as your guest uh, and the live shows. So let's talk about the difference between being nervous and having anxiety and fear. Uh, how do you control that as part of your emotional and mental preparation? You brought it up. That's why I interrupted to ask you yeah. a specific question so that all of us can relate. How do yeah. you deal with nervousness? versus excitement tell us the difference teach us here bro so so yeah so being being a competitive dancer growing up um i was always so good in practice and when i would go out into competition floors i would be prepared i'd be ready but there'd be often times when my nerves would get the better of me and you know all of a sudden all the technique would go out the window and all of a sudden all the energy would be sucked out of me because all this this nervous energy my heart would be would be would be uh, beating fast and and my palms would be sweaty and I'd be a little shaky. My knees weren't quite all there. You know, um, it's that feeling of, of just that nervous, that nervous feeling. And um, what I realized growing up, and I had to try to figure out a way to battle that. I had, to, I had to overcome that somehow. And I read somewhere, which was a huge game changer for me, where being nervous and being excited chemically in your body are identical. There's no difference chemically in your body between being nervous and being excited. The only difference is there are two things. The word itself, right, the language we use. When you say nervous, it puts your focus, which is the second thing, it puts your focus into all the things that can go wrong, right, all the bad things. So when I say, oh, man, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, what you're saying is that I'm nervous of falling over. I'm nervous of messing up. I'm nervous of 
the judges not liking me or I'm nervous that the audience won't like what I'm doing. I'm nervous I'm not good enough. So the, the idea of being nervous is you're focusing on all the bad things and all the bad things that can go wrong. So, of course, you're going to be, you know, and, when we're, and where focus goes, you know, your energy flows, right? So just by changing the word and even faking it, even just psyching yourself out, where you start <laughs> to feel that, even when you start to feel that feeling in your body and you're starting to get your, your, your palms are sweating, you're like your, arm, your heartbeat is fast and you're just kind of like, ah. Just by faking it, and literally, I would say to myself, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I just say it out loud, and I'm excited. I'm excited. And then I start, and that word just has a, a, it has a positive association, which is I'm excited. I'm excited to show them what I've prepared for. I'm excited to show this, this um, performance. I'm excited to, to hear the audience applause. I'm excited to, to do this. And by the way, that can work in any situation. It could be like a job interview or, or a business meeting or just go, go out and go, you know, meeting somebody for the first time, you know, and you're nervous. But by changing the word being excited is it changes your focus to the positive things. And you can literally like just reprogram yourself. And um, it's a simple tool that for me has been wildly effective, wildly effective. And when I'm judging World of Dance, you know, it's something that I tell, you know, the competitors backstage before they go out there. But also, more importantly, when I was on Dancing with the Stars, it was a it was a huge, huge thing I had to work with, you know, these celebrities because they're in the most vulnerable position ever. I mean, they're not professional dancers. They're going out in front of millions of people, you know. Um, and so there there'd be times I'd had to, you know, um, actually a good example, Kelly Pickler. Kelly Pickler, you know, she had paralyzing nerves, you know, before we go out there. And, and I tried that technique with her and it was amazing. It was really amazing to see the transformation of her confidence, of her focus on the positive things, just by saying, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I would, and I would make her, I'd make her say it out loud. And I'd make her like, even if I didn't think she believed it, I'd be like, just say it out loud. Just keep saying it. I'm excited. I'm excited. And it was amazing to see the result. And, you know, she ended up winning uh, Dancing with the Stars, and she was incredible. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and that brings up something that's so interesting where, you know, the rumor on the, on the street is the reason why you have won six Mirabeau, the reason why you're the most popular, most extraordinary choreographer. And if you remember, this is one of the lessons you taught me in our basement in my family room. You basically understand you don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do and you mentioned to me you taught me this life-changing lesson that if you found out that, one, that your partner couldn't actually turn or do a foite to the left you would have them do it to the right because that's what they could do so you choreograph to their strengths not to yours which as a professional speaker, it's never about the speaker. It's always about the audience and you live that lesson. It's always about someone else. So teach us about that from a choreographer's perspective. You know, it sure. deals with parenting. It deals with coaching. It deals with managing people in the business. Teach us about, you know, you go where they are more in a more extraordinary way than anyone I've ever met of any age in any industry, bro. You know that it's about the other person making them look better, looking best. Teach us, illuminate that a little bit more about, 
about how you figured that out and why that's been such an amazing managerial coaching tool in your life. Well, I think, you know, for me, I, I um, having Dance with the Stars was an extraordinary, you know, a very unique show to be a part of because, you know, you're coming in contact with such an eclectic group of people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds. Um, and, you know, I would have an actress one year, a singer or uh, an athlete or a Paralympian. It was always somebody just very different. And so for me, I realized early on that, you know, I need to change my te teaching methods according to who I'm working with. And part of that is 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 sort of um, learning what sort of uh, they, they connect with you know, what they associate with, what, if so, if I'm working with an actress, it's, it's talking about a scene and how do you get to this emotion? How do you, okay, well, this dance step is like that emotion, except for you do it like this or, um, you know, working with, uh, so, so it would always, it would always have to be adapting. I'd always have to adapt and, and be flexible in, in how I communicate it. And to be honest with you, there were times when I would get extremely frustrated, extremely frustrated. And, what I realized during those moments was that it was always with myself, always with myself, because I couldn't quite find the answer. I didn't have the, I wasn't explaining it correctly, or I wasn't doing it in a way that they quite understood. And so for me, it was like being a, being a, uh, a detective. I had to figure <laughs> it out. I had to figure it out. I was like, okay, well, this, this usual way I do this isn't working with this person. So it's up to me being the coach. It's up to me being the leader, being the teacher to find the way that's going to help them the most. And, and when I couldn't do that, I would get extremely frustrated, but, but it was with myself always because I couldn't quite find it. But, um, but if I kept stayed persistent, um, you know, I, I would eventually get there. And, uh, you know, and that's the thing too, is it's, it's all really a decision. I think in general, I think one of the most powerful things that we've been given is, is the power to decide. It's our decisions in everything that we do. You know, it's, there's a great expression. that's like, you know, it's not the conditions of our life, but it's, it's our decisions. You know, you can't control the things around right. us. We can't control the, um, you know, who we're, who we're working with, you know, whatever it is, our environment we're never really, really truly in control, but what we are always in control of is our decision. And it, it's that power that I think that um, when we realize that we take responsibility for ourselves and the idea of taking responsibility is that we have the ability to respond. We have the ability to respond in any situation because we take that full responsibility, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a working relationship, whether it be, you know, business or work or, the environment or society, whatever it is, if we take 100% responsibility, then we'll always have that ability to respond in those situations. And I think that that, again, for me, has been a really uh, helpful tool. And I know that <laughs> when things aren't going great, when things aren't going well, and there is <clears throat> conflict or something happening in my own little world, it's usually when I I'm not taking that full responsibility and um, it's something I have to sort of constantly check myself with and make sure that my focus is in the right place and that I'm, I'm, I'm aligned, but, um, but yeah, but did going back to the dance with the stars, it certainly was a crash course for how to coach and teach and to evolve and to adapt. Um, and also again, too, is 
what was so wonderful about that show too is that I had clear goals, you know, and actually even growing up competing, I had competitions every Sunday. So I had a clear goal of which I was moving towards and same with Dancing with the Stars. It was like, okay, we're going live in front of millions of people every Monday. So there was no sort of, there was no sense of, you couldn't procrastinate. You couldn't put things off. You couldn't, you know, um, cause there's that fear of like, we're not going to be ready. And, um, but I loved, I loved having that pressure. I loved having that clear goal. Um, because I don't know, I just feel like you, you just, you found a way, you always found a way you never let, you never sort of left yourself a, uh, an out. You never had an out. We had to, uh, we had to make it happen no matter what. I love it. <clears throat> and as you said, it didn't do you any good to complain. It didn't do you any good to blame your partner. I think that's worth reiterating, bro, that it's about taking personal responsibility and not reacting, but responding. You're a wise man beyond your years. As we start winding down, brother, I don't know if you feel comfortable. It's one of the great stories I've ever heard in my life about you. I think it was before World of Dance, and you were dragged out on the dance floor by Jennifer Lopez. Can you please? Tell us that story and what happened, how funny that was. Wait, what story again? Sorry, I cut out for a second there. I don't want to give the punchline away, but you stepped on her hair. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, just <laughs> we were, Jennifer Lopez and I, we, we, we were with a bunch of friends. We were out and celebrating for, I can't remember what it was for, but we were salsa dancing. And I was like, well, this is great. Salsa dancing with Jennifer Lopez. This I can't complain about this and we're having a good time and and um I, <laughs> I i dipped her and when i dipped her i must have stepped on her hair and i yanked her back up and unfortunately half of her hair stayed on the floor um uh, which was not great but she i have to say this she she didn't skip a beat she just kind of she just kind of kept dancing kept moving and then the next day she sent me a picture of her head which is just red raw um but it was her extensions. Uh, you ripped her extensions out. Oh, yeah. I, I I felt I felt terrible. It was it was one of those moments where I was like, cool. So I'll never see her ever again. And that's the end of our friendship. <laughs> um, um, but luckily, uh, and actually, strangely enough, about a month later, she asked me about you know being a part of World of Dance, and and um, you know of, of course I said yes. I mean it's such a it's such an incredible show to be part of, and so so. Uh, so just, I love it so much. It's wonderful. Well, we're winding down our time. You're so gracious. I appreciate you so much. The last P of the three P's that makes you a power player, a timeless generational power player is pursuing your passion. <clears throat> so I'm sure my listeners, your fans want to know <clears throat> in a very, you know, abbreviated way, how did you get invited to participate as a as a competitor as a choreographer on dancing with the stars and what motivates you to keep pursuing this passion to connect with people to entertain the world to leave people in, in places and venues in, in better shape than you found them um i well i think for me again another word for pursuit for pursuit and pursuing you know my passions and, and what i love is is hunger I think it's maintaining that hunger, maintaining that um, that desire to grow and to continue learning. Um, I know for me personally, I, I think that 
when I don't feel like I'm, 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 there's progress in my life, right? There's a great expression that's, you know, progress equals happiness. But we're, when, when we feel like we're progressing, even if it's small progress, it, it makes us feel alive. There's an aliveness to that. And um, so for me, I think uh, it's actually funny, you know, being, you mentioned about Dancing with the Stars. I, uh, when they asked me to be a part of that show, you know, they asked me, they said, hey, are you a choreographer or, um have you do you teach and all that and and to be completely honest with you i didn't <laughs> i didn't but i i'm i'm gonna be straight up and i said absolutely i completely did a full-face lie and but the, but here's the thing i might have not been completely truthful but what i was truthful about in within myself was i will make sure that i will be great at it you know, I will do the work. I will put the time in to be a great teacher, to be a great choreographer. Um, so that I knew I had a conviction within me um, and that hunger, that desire. But the good part about that was I just kind of threw myself into it and kind of you, you just sort of that kind of taught me in a sense that like you'll never really never really be ready at, until you just go for it and do it. You know what I mean? And then you learn you learn as you go and then you um I think that's always been really helpful for me because I don't know for me, there's always been times when I've talked myself out of things or, you know, there's that overanalyze things and, you know, that sort of overanalysis equals paralysis where you end up just like not doing anything because you're just too, too scared to do something or too nervous. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think that the idea of pursuing something, um, I think, I think part of that is that is failure, right? I think that the idea of failing we're going to experience failure it is a part of succeeding. I think failure is, is something to embrace. Failure is something to um, look forward to almost in a, in a way, because, you know, failure is just a teacher. Failure is the thing that, that is uh, designed to help us realize like, okay, well that didn't work. Now I need to change my strategy. I need to change my approach. Um, you know, and that's something that I, I like to instill in, um, you know, the, the world of dance competitors who are on stage, you know, when they don't make it through, you know, I, I just, I tell them, I said, listen, this is a chapter, this is a chapter in your book, you know, and the rest is still unwritten and, you, and you're ready to just go back. And, and, I, and again, for me, when I think back at my life, the most pivotal moments in my life have been the moments when I, you know, failed, when I didn't win, when I fell down, when I embarrassed myself, when I, you know, whatever it might be, whatever it might have been, those were the pivotal and uh, the pivotal moments in my life. And so those to not. And then the reason why I mentioned that is because to pursue means that you need to stay hungry and you want to, you know, move forward despite failure um, or despite falling down or whatever it might be. And to stay consistent and to um, have that resilience, you know, um, because eventually the truth is that you know failure can't really live in the presence of you know persistence um eventually eventually you fail and fail and fail but if you keep being persistent that eventually you know uh you're gonna succeed so i love it you know it's uh i could ask you i could talk to you for hours and hours maybe you could promise publicly to come back on the podcast at some other point but You've come to the end with Derek Huff, and I 
challenge everyone on this planet to follow you, to be inspired by your your genuine goodness, your character, your class, not just your talent. Can you give us a way to follow you to uh, to become part of your tribe and uh, tell us how we can keep in touch? Yeah, sure, brother. Um, well, I'm 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 all I'm on uh, all the social platforms. You know, the Instagram it's uh, at Derek Huff or on Facebook. Um, yeah, all those all those things, Twitter, and it's just at Derek Huff, uh, D E R E K H O U G H. But um, yeah, that's it, man. I pre- thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Dan. I uh, it's good no. to be your voice, my man, and and um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, that's definitely. And as I close off, it's my my tagline with you listening. So remember, my friends, when you finally decide to be a power player. Your power play begins in you, just like Derek Huff, my guest today, has explained so eloquently. Until next time, quantify your takeaway and go make a power play. Thanks, Derek. I love you, brother. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much, my man. Take care, guys. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.